0: breakups. They suck. The one time in my life that I felt like I didn't even want to live anymore was after a really surprising breakup that I wasn't expecting. That feeling of being punched in the gut and feeling like you have to completely reimagine what your life is going to be like after you thought that it would be with this person. Is one of the most painful and gut wrenching experiences that anyone can go through. And when you identify with symptoms of BPD, already it feels like you have no emotional skin and even small things really bother you. So when it comes to dealing with a breakup, This can bring many of us who identify with symptoms of borderline personality disorder to our knees. Today, I'm going to do the most epic, helpful, healing episode on how to overcome breakups and moving on from someone that you are wrapping your entire identity around. And I'm hoping by the end of this episode, You won't feel healed or fixed, but you will feel like there is hope. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, get a nice cup of tea, settle in and get ready to hang out with me and talk all about BPD and breakups. Welcome to Back from the Borderline, the podcast that helps anyone who identifies with symptoms of BPD overcome their biggest obstacle, themselves. My name's Molly, and it's my mission to help you break free from your self-limiting beliefs and self-sabotaging behaviors so that you can more deeply connect with yourself, other people, and the present moment. Once you join me, you'll realize that anyone, including you, can come back from the borderline. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a good week. Welcome back to the podcast. Oof, I've had a crazy couple of weeks. So I had last week, my brain was in COVID mode still. And you may have noticed that I accidentally dropped a premium episode on the public feed. So I'm sure many of you actually got to listen to my premium membership episode. So I hope you enjoyed that. And it was a little sneak preview of how much more my premium subscribers get. Um, An eagle-eyed premium subscriber emailed me and said, "Uh, Molly, just so you know, the premium episode is on the public feed this week. And I was like, shit, fuck, shit, fuck, 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 shit, 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 shit. But it was because I had a really bad health scare last week. I won't bore everyone with it, but I went into anaphylaxis and I ended up in the emergency room and my whole body was covered in hives and very long story short, I found out from an allergy specialist this week that that sometimes is a complication of COVID. So after someone makes a full COVID recovery, it was five weeks after I had COVID sometimes your body has this like secondary inflammatory response to the virus and for me that manifested in a really scary like full body hives all of my joints swelling and I almost passed out and Zaz had to call the ambulance so that was a thing and so I wanted to make sure I was fully healed and recovered by the time I recorded the episode last week but I just was like not fully good. And that meant that usually when I upload the episode, I act, I restrict access for the premium episode, I have to set a certain setting to make it private for only subscribers. And I didn't do that this week. So I hope you enjoyed that that's how the structure of this podcast is going to be moving forward. I will release the first part of the episode for free, and then I will fade out. And if you want to access the full episode and all of the resources and additional links, then you will need to subscribe to Premium Access. We got a huge flood of premium subscribers this week, and I'm wondering if that's because of me accidentally releasing that episode, and y'all were like, oh shit, she actually does do a lot more work for the premium episodes. Yeah, I wasn't lying. I really, really put my heart and soul into this. So I'm glad that you all got a taste of how much additional value you get when you subscribe to the premium episodes. You get full-length, very long episodes with tons of additional cool PDFs and resources in the show notes. And I recommend that you subscribe and check it out. If you subscribe now, there's hours of additional content that you're just missing out on. So when you subscribe, you'll be able to unlock my private RSS feed that you can add to your podcast app of choice. And when you do that, you will see all of these additional episodes if you scroll down and they're all labeled premium access. So you'll just get to go crazy and have hours and hours of additional content. Plus, you'll be able to get the full length episodes that I'll be releasing this week. So that's enough of me pitching my my myself and my additional work to you. Let's get into the first part of the episode and let's start talking about BPD breakups. You know, I want to welcome any new listeners that are coming in now. I've had a huge influx of subscribers and also new listeners the last few weeks. I have been putting more focus on making stupid fucking reels on Instagram. I've been resisting short form video content for a long time, y'all, because it just is so hard to convey and discuss complex nuanced topics like mental health politics and anything these days on these really short viral videos and also like it people have a really hard time these days i'm just realizing it more and more especially now that i'm creating these reels videos is that we as a society have completely lost the abil- ability to think critically and understand that there are multiple sides to different issues that everybody is different and also the way that people now will watch a reel and actually think it's a personal attack on them and their life is just beyond the realm of my understanding (laughs) if you don't follow me on instagram yet um i met back from the borderline on instagram and you can kind of go and look at my reels if you want to I've done a couple of like the funnier ones with the viral sounds um and I've only done two now and one of them was with a devil wears Prada snippet and then from Schitt's Creek with um an Alexis snippet and I'm like okay I can do it if it's these hilarious uh, sound bites from movies and shows that I actually think are funny I will not be doing any cutesy fucking TikTok slash dancing kind of things. I won't be doing that. But I'm trying to find my own vibe and th- way that it feels comfy for me to do this because I know that short form video content is not going anywhere. I don't want to become like an old grouchy millennial person of being like, I'm not gonna do this stupid tickety-talk. Like I'm I'm not about to be like that. I'm not, I don't wanna be that person. And I don't want to be that person that just doesn't do something because I don't understand it and it pisses me off. So I'm trying to be flexible and finding a way to make it me. And this week I posted my first video, which was a reel that was basically saying why I think we should throw the label of borderline personality disorder in the trash. Stand by that, fully stand by it. And before we get into this breakup thing, I'm going to read you Um, kind of the script that I wrote in this reel, and some of it got cut off, so I'll even read the longer version that I was planning on reading on Instagram, Then I'll kind of talk to you about some of the comments that I received and why I think that it just reflects like our limited ability to think critically. So this is what I said in the reel. I said, BPD is perhaps the most misunderstood diagnosis in the existence of psychiatry. Let's talk about why. The term borderline personality was coined in 1938 by a group of elite male psychiatrists in an attempt to describe patients that just wouldn't fit into their two favorite neat little boxes, psychotic and neurotic. Even nice clinical guidelines admit that the term borderline was born out of conceptual confusion. Yes, that's right. Many of us are being slapped with a stigmatized label that's widely known to be born out of the confusion of a few dudes nearly 100 years ago. They just didn't know that what they were observing or how best to describe it, so they said, cool, let's just say they're on the borderline of neurosis and psychosis and call it a day. Here's a more accurate picture. People who identify with the symptoms of BPD have a hard time regulating their emotions and impulses. The most up-to-date research shows that struggles like this are tied to biotemperament and then reinforced over time through growing up in environments with continuous emotional invalidation. This causes someone to have a really hard time identifying, expressing, and regulating their emotions. When we have trouble identifying and expressing our feelings, this leads to identity issues, attachment trouble, and chronic feelings of emptiness that make us wonder what the point of this life thing is. Is it even worth it? The term borderline is outdated. Many in the mental health field and on the forefront of mental health research are are on board with doing away with this label entirely because it doesn't track with the current understanding of the symptomology. So how can we facilitate a non-judgmental, dialectical, and compassionate view among healthcare professionals responsible for treating complex clinical populations? We can start by doing away with a term that promotes misunderstanding— perpetuates stigma and was born out of the confusion of a group of guys in a room nearly 100 years ago. Real change will occur when those who work in the field of mental health make honest attempts to notice their own judgments about their patients when they pay attention to the story that they tell themselves about behaviors that they just don't understand or push their limits and when they begin to practice a non-judgmental and compassionate stance that's grounded in current research and in dialectical, trauma-informed philosophy. Drop (laughs) spike. If you want to, like, explain BPD to someone, maybe you should just, like, literally find where I just started reading that and play that shit for them. Here are the facts. The term borderline personality disorder, that label, it is outdated. And it is based upon literally a bunch of guys a hundred years ago being like we don't know what to call these people so we're just going to stay there on the borderline of these two random other things that we made up in psychoanalysis which is neurotic and psychotic like it literally is not grounded in research it was made up and we have a bunch of people being slapped with a label that is based up of made up stigmatized bullshit based upon a confusion of a bunch of dudes in a room that is a fact okay And here's the most common thing I hear is, but I find empowerment in my disorder label. Okay, great. (laughs) But a lot of people don't. (laughs) A lot of people don't find empowerment in that label. And here's another fact is that I speak to countless mental health professionals who say that they have worked in psychiatric units And when they have someone coming in to that unit that has a borderline personality disorder diagnosis on their mental health records, that when that person is input, input, checked in, all the people that work there see on the system and there's like a huge flag on that person saying borderline warning, they are going to be difficult. They're going to be a problem for you. Watch out for the borderline that is a fact. So for the people that are telling me that they find empowerment in their diagnosis, that's great. I'm re- I really am happy for you. But it doesn't change the fact that there are real people that are being checked into mental health centers and psych- psychiatric units right now, not getting the treatment they deserve and are being automatically seen as treatment resistant or incurable because they have this label that is based on a bunch of nothingness of no research that's a problem for me and i really think it should be a problem for everyone just because one person or a small group of people find empowerment in the label i think we could all we could do away with that label and we could all still find a sense of empowerment in something else that's just my argument against this here's another thing is that I have received countless emails, comments, outreach from listeners, people who have told me that they literally cannot get approved for life insurance because they have a BPD diagnosis on their records. I've had mothers reach out to me and say that they're struggling getting custody of their children because of a BPD diagnosis that was put on their records after they were maybe checked into a mental health facility because of Horrible depression and symptomology after traumatic abuse from their partner. Women in spades are being lo- labeled with the borderline personality dis- disorder label after just experiencing trauma. Okay, there is a difference between being extremely traumatized and there being very, very understandable systemic reasons why someone would be feeling that way. And labeling them as having a disordered personality and saying, the problem is with you. It's your brain. You have a brain disorder. There's something wrong with your personality rather than this person having just a completely normal reaction to maybe racial injustice, traumatic things, systemic issues in our world. That's what I take issue with. And I feel like we should all have a problem with that because if you identify with BPD symptomology we are all just one step away maybe from that breakdown that leads us to being checked into a psychiatric unit and I think our, our tune might change if we are seen as the borderline and everyone that works there is in a room and goes, mm, watch out for that person, watch out for that borderline. Do you want to be seen as a human being? That is capable of growth and change, or do we want to risk having to be seen as the borderline who is treatment resistant and incurable and attention seeking and manipulative? And, and, and. So that's what I do, what I do. That's why I'm out here saying what I'm saying. And I have to do this because think about it many, many years ago, long, long time, thank God, there was a belief that the earth was flat. And anyone who is out here saying something different would be seen as a crazy person or going against the grain. They they thought that there was evidence for the the world being flat. We need to give ourselves permission to grow and change. And just because someone finds empowerment in a label doesn't mean that we need to stop the research there and that things need to stop growing and changing. Another comment that I got is, well, what else do you want us to call it? like what else should it be called if we're not going to call it borderline personality disorder in the uk they call it emotionally unstable personality disorder was that better for you (laughs) and my response to that is why the fuck do we have to call anybody disordered at all why do we need a, a a reason to label it why are we so obsessed with giving people a label of a disorder We are so, so fixated on telling me what's wrong with me. Tell me what's wrong with me. What I think is wrong is the system. What I think is wrong is capitalism, making us all feel like we are missing something, that something is wrong with us, that the the shit that we're seeing and that's shoved in our face all day long is, oh, here's what's wrong with you. Fix it by buying this or taking this pill or doing this. You have something wrong with you that can be fixed by buying or taking. That's what I want to fight against. I want to be real about the systemic injustices, the traumas that are happening to people every single day that aren't being talked about or addressed. The fact that our government either side isn't doing shit. I don't know about any of you, but I'm just disillusioned with all of it at this point. I just feel like no change really happens. And on either side, we've lost sight of what the most important thing is, which is every single human being deserves to have their basic needs met, deserves to be able to have a home and not have to worry about doing a job that they hate and feeling like they don't have access to health care or the ability to talk to someone about their feelings it's just i could talk about this all day y'all and i i get really fired up about it but that's why i'm out here saying what i'm saying on social media and i will say that the vast majority 99% of the comments that i'm getting are thank you so much I've been wondering about this. I I don't want to be called disordered. I've been wanting a different perspective, and those are the people I'm speaking to. This is the person that I'm making my podcast for, is for the person that doesn't want to feel like they're incurable or treatment resistant or that they have a disordered personality. I want to speak to the people that feel chronically empty, that feel like they don't know who they are and have huge emotions and feel like their life is chaos and they have no control over it and maybe feel like they don't even want to be on this planet anymore because the weight of being human is just too heavy. I'm speaking to you. And those just happen to be the symptoms of something called borderline personality disorder. But I have this sneaking suspicion that so many people just relate to this. And the people that end up with BPD diagnoses are just the people who have had it up to here. They don't want to play along in the matrix anymore. Their big feelings are just so big that society shuns you. And I'm speaking to you. And I'm going to fight for change. And I also have a lot of hope because there's amazing people out there on the forefront, the front lines of mental health practitioners that listen to my podcast and email me every single week and they say, we don't believe people's personalities are disordered either. So if you're out there and you're seeking therapy and you're on this gung-ho mission to try to get a diagnosis and you're experiencing some resistance from your therapist or psychiatrist or someone that you're seeing and they're hesitant to label you with this diagnosis or any diagnosis, you might be seeing a really good therapist. I don't know because I obviously don't um know them personally but there's a lot of people in the field of mental health that see the problems with this label and that's it that's my my little soapbox rant for the week and i'm so glad all of you are here with me and i want to let you know that if you find empowerment in the BPD label like this is a safe space for for you too i'm i'm fighting for the same thing we're all on the same team I just want everyone to feel like they have a place here. And some people don't want to have their personality labeled as disordered. And I'm one of those people. But no matter what, everyone's welcome here. Everyone has a home here. And I'm not going to hate on anybody who feels empowered. If you feel empowered, hell yeah. But I ask you to maybe ask yourself, why do you feel empowerment from that label? If you feel empowerment, maybe it's because when you got that label you got into the right treatment, right? It maybe led you to finding people that you love. For me, creating this podcast and starting off with the message for BPD connected to me with some of my best friends now. Melanie is one of my best friends in the world. And she finds empowerment in her label. She and I kind of have a differing perspective on it. But if I wouldn't have started creating in the BPD community, I never would have met Melanie. And there are lots of other people that have a differing perspective for me, but I feel like if all of us fought, and I'll challenge everyone that that does find empowerment in the label, I feel like if we all sat together in a room and talked one-on-one, we would probably all agree that the world would be a better place and that people who identify with symptoms of borderline personality disorder, we would all be safer and in better hands of care However, I can describe this. We would all be better off if the entire mental health institution stopped seeing people's personalities as being disordered. If we moved away from the medical model of psychiatry, which is saying that our brains are broken and that we are predisposed to mental illness and that we there's no cure and that we can just go into remission like our personalities are cancer or a tumor or something, because that's just based in broken, flawed research human emotion and personality is not the same as diseases like cancer or multiple sclerosis or something like that. It's, it's just a different, it's a different beast entirely.
3: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
0: that's my my little rant. I went on for a lot longer on that than I thought I would, but I think that it's worth it. It's worthwhile. And so I'll make this episode a little longer just to <laughs> just to account for my rant because we're going to talk about breakups. I don't know why I sang breakups like that because there's nothing sing-songy and happy about breakups, but we can try to find the silver lining in in this area. So this week I was listening back to all of my listener voicemails, and if you know, you can leave me a voicemail on my website at backfromtheborderline.com, and as I was going through all the listener voicemails this week, I noticed a theme, and a few of them were all breakup-related. So what I'm going to do to start this episode is just play all of these voicemails That I received from you listeners that are all about people that are struggling with breakups because I thought this would be an amazing way to open up our conversation this week and let you hear the voices of people that are just like you that are going through the same thing that you are and so without further ado I'm going to play a few of these voicemails for you so that it will open up our conversation about breakups.
1: Hi Molly this is Lindsay I'm 33 from New York First, I just wanted to say thank you for your podcast from the bottom of my heart. I was doing some research on BPD. I found your podcast about two weeks ago. When I listened to your podcast, I truly felt seen for the first time. I've also started to see a new therapist, and I told her about things I learned on a few of your episodes, and she agrees that I have BPD traits, but she also doesn't believe in people having disordered personalities, which makes me believe that I picked the right person to help me. I wanted to reach out because I was listening to your episode about abusive relationships. I'm so sorry you went through that, and I can relate to a lot of your pain. I specifically cut ties with a favorite person about three years ago. It's really complicated, but he was my best friend and probably one of the first people in my life who really understood me to the core. He also dealt with heavy trauma growing up, so we bonded over shared experiences. And on top of that, we had romantic feelings, which made things even more complicated. To be honest, I'm still heavily grieving this, and sometimes I feel insane that I'm still struggling this much with losing a friendship. The only way I can describe it is probably like I'm mourning someone who died. We've tried to get back in touch, but it's too painful, so I've decided, for both of us, that it's the best to cus- cut ties altogether. I think it would be incredibly beneficial if you could do an episode on this one day and ways to cope. Thank you so much again for your podcast, Molly. You're an incredible person for sharing your story and helping others so much love.
2: Hey Molly, it's Madison. I'm 23 and from Denver, Colorado, and I'm sending you this voicemail because I'm curious to hear your thoughts on coping with relationship endings and rejection. I recently came to an explosive ending to my toxic situationship I've been in for the past 8 months and It pretty much ended with him telling me he doesn't care about me in the way I care about him and that I need to just move on because he can't deal with this anymore. And I, of course, did not take this lightly and blew up and got super upset. It ended with him blocking my number. And now I'm just left with these feelings of rejection and feelings like I wasn't good enough. And I know logically I should only be pursuing partners that are as interested in me as I am in them, but I can't help but try and scheme ways to get him back in my life and win him back over even though I know it's the opposite of what I should be doing and I just feel powerless to overcome these feelings and it makes me feel so desperate and I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this and how to start moving forward.
3: Hi, my name is Abby. I live in Springfield, Illinois. Um, Molly, thank you for this podcast. I first discovered it a couple months after you started during my heaviest, most heaviest use of um, methamphetamine and alcohol. Um, I'm now a month sober today, actually. And I'm going through um, trying to get rid of my toxic ex um, through a legal process of an order order protection. So um, when I first listened to you, um, it really resonated with me because I have a feeling I have BBD and also schizophrenia now, um, because I've been kind of comparing, not analyzing and obsessing over like the past, but just kind of like thinking like, where did this behavior start? And a lot of things are making sense now because of that. So um, I'm gonna try to keep up listening to your podcast now that I have a working phone now um, and internet access through my phone. Um, I'm working on trying to rebuild myself financially, spiritually and uh, self-love too. So, I thank you so much. And if you're going through anything, you can do it, girl. Thank you.
4: Hi, Molly. Uh, my name's Andrea. I'm 25 years old and I'm calling from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, I'm calling because I just listened to the Big Emotions episode and the Fear of a Bandit episode on your premium channel because I am a premium subs- subscriber. I have been listening to you since the very beginning in uh, Spotify, and I'm super, super happy you now have a premium access account where you can make money off the information that you're sharing, because it is very helpful in so many ways. Um, I was just calling in because I wanted to vent real quick. I um, struggle so much uh, with BPD and the suicidal ideation and impulsive thoughts to it um, I've lost my favorite person who was an ex um, he has since moved on to another relationship and I just feel like my world is gone um, I don't know who I am um, all I do is think of him and I don't want people to tell me it's okay or to get over it I just want someone to understand how bad it hurts it just hurts so bad anyways um i love you so
5: much and thank you for everything that you do for us so i was gonna wait to continue recording after
0: but i i know that you all that have been listening for a long time know that i cry a lot and if you listen to this podcast you probably cry a lot too but um just listening to all of those back again especially back to back and especially with that music my god um it just like hit me and i know it sucks like and i and you don't want anyone to tell you that it's going to be okay after that because it doesn't fucking feel like it and i know and i just want to tell you that it sucks and it hurts so bad and I opened this episode up and I meant it when I said that the one time in my life that I really felt like deep suicidal feelings was after a breakup. And I want you to know that if you're feeling that way, I understand and that it doesn't feel like it's going to be okay. And I know the depth of that pain and I am sorry. Sorry and I'm just holding space for you. As cheesy as that, like, I'm getting a little tired of hearing that saying, but I mean that in the truest sense. Like, I'm holding that in my heart because I have been there, and I am now on the other side of that now. And while it hurts so bad, everything in this world changes, and feelings ebb and flow, and people, different people come into our lives, and... I'm here to make this episode today for all of you, and chances are that everyone listening to that, there's not a dry eye in the house, because the feeling, you just, you know that feeling when the, the rug just gets pulled out from under you,
5: and you feel like the vision that you had for your life is just not going to be what you thought, or that person that you
0: thought you knew is not that person or maybe the person that you made them out to be in your mind is not reflective of reality and for me that I think is the truest truth is that I really built people up in my mind to be this idealized thing to be the savior to be my identity because I felt like I I needed them to save me. I felt like I needed someone else to prop me up because who I was was not enough. And I trusted myself so little that when that grounding person that I had in my life left, I was left like a plastic black bag floating, just like no grounding, nothing. I felt like there was no hope for me. And so I wanted to start this just by validating so deeply the pain that comes with this breakup and how fucking shitty it feels when someone just tells you like, oh, it's going to be fine. I know that for a while it is going to feel like it's not going to be fine. And that that's the last thing you want to hear. So the other day when I was transferring things over from my laptop, I came across something and I came across a video I took of myself and this was right after the breakup that I experienced where I felt like I was suicidal. I had been to three or four Different therapists and psychiatrists who one told me that I was bipolar too. I got all these different diagnoses. I was on all different medications. This is the lowest low of my life, and I think I just opened up my camera and just started talking to it. I had never posted this anywhere. I don't know why I took this video, but the other day I was cleaning out my laptop and I found it and. This video was taken about six to eight months, I think, before I met Zaz. I was convinced that I would never find anyone. I didn't want to live. I was in a really dark place. And I'm going to play the audio from this because I want you to hear how I was, my mental state, I had no idea what like if I had if I had symptoms of BPD, I like hadn't informed myself about mental health at all. This is like four years ago and I was flailing and I want to play it because if you listen to my podcast and you come to me every week and you consider me to some be someone that you look up to in your healing journey, then if anything can give you hope, it will be this because you can hear how far I've come. And I was right where each and every one of you are in this breakup phase. And now look, if I would have just given up and thought that, you know, the person that I was with before, that that was my person, I never would have met Zaz. And now that I've met Zaz, every single breakup before him was worth it. And I don't know, I can't tell the future my best thing I can do for myself now is just to like not even say like, oh, I'm going to be with Zaz for the rest of my life. I don't know what the future holds. I'd like to think I will be with him for the rest of my life, but I have to focus more on being okay with me. That's my main focus. And Zaz is my partner on this ride, but he's not my entire identity. He's not my entire life. And I and he doesn't want to be that. So let's listen to Molly. <laughs> Four years ago, awful, feeling like she wanted to die, and I want this to give you hope. Just a heads up, the sound quality is so poor. I tried turning it up the best I can, so I'm hoping you can hear it. There's like a TV playing in the background. Like, this was a really dark time in my life, so obviously the sound quality is bad. So bear with me. I hope you can turn it up and hear it, but... I thought I would just play it because it's better than not playing it. But yeah, bear with the
5: I guess I want to make a little bit of a video diary of my experience going on right now. I just accepted today that I am bipolar. I was diagnosed last year and I didn't want to believe it I wanted to believe that I just had depression because that was hard enough to accept but I'm tired of lying about it now I'm tired of lying to myself I had some really extreme um, suicidal thoughts the other day and it just made me realize that I needed to get help. So I admitted to my parents that I got diagnosed with bipolar last year and I got given mood stabilizers and I threw them away. But um, I had a full breakdown the other day. I wanted to die. I didn't, like, want to um, kill myself because that would, like, be too much effort. But if there was a way that I could have done it and not had any pain to my family, I just wanted it to stop. It's like the sadness um, that you get. If bipolar is so hard to explain, it's like, um, it's like it hurts. I don't know how else to explain it. Like, people will tell you, you know, like, um, just get over it. Like, you'll get better. Or pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And, like, you can't. (laughs) And the worst part about it is knowing that it's stupid that you feel that way and that you shouldn't, but you do. And you're trapped in this hellhole. And the other day I just bent over and the sadness hurt me. And I, I didn't know how to get away from it. But it's time that more people need to talk about this, um... And I'm on medication now, told my family, I'm open about it, and I'm gonna stop feeling bad about it now. I have a mental illness, you know? and. There's nothing wrong with admitting that. And I'm never going to be able to help other people if I don't admit what's wrong with me. So today is the day I'm starting. I'm going to get better. I'm not going to let this rule my life anymore. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to stop denying this and... I'm not going to let it ruin my life anymore. I'm ready for this to just be better. ready. So, that was me four years ago. I hope you can see I'm just, I'm a different person now. <laughs> Listening back to that, I want
0: to travel back to that shitty room in LA and just
5: like wrap that version of myself up in a hug and just tell her that it's gonna be okay And I was so confused because every doctor I went to gave me another medication and another medication and a different diagnosis. And one
0: said I was bipolar, but then the other one said, no, you're not crazy or manic enough to be bipolar. Maybe you're PPD, but you're definitely not crazy enough to be PPD. And I just thought, I just want to die. It hurts. Someone help me. And if you're out there feeling this way, I'm so sorry. And it makes me sad that we go to these people that we want them to help us. And really they're just guessing, you know, half the time. And I can tell you what, hearing that I was had bipolar disorder or borderline personality disorder, or being told that I wasn't crazy enough to have it, none of that helped me. And I want to go back to that girl and say, yes, you're going to help people, but you're going to help people by helping them understand that nothing is wrong with you. You heard what I said, even to myself, I said, I want to find out what's wrong with me or something like that. Nothing was wrong with me. I just needed to stop running away from myself. I needed to realize that my emotions were controlling my whole life. I needed to dive into my past and start understanding how being completely emotionally neglected as a child made me try to find help and healing and find myself in other people, witnessing the codependency in my parents' relationship, how that made me feel like I needed to wrap my entire identity around another person, how I always just tried to get the affection of my mom and I just couldn't find that, that, that connection with my parents, how I was constantly tiptoeing around really explosive emotions in my home and not ever feeling like I was seen. And so as soon as I started to develop and become a woman, I put my entire entirety of my being into getting validation from the opposite sex and always needing to be in a relationship always needing to feel like I was desired because it was the only thing that made me feel seen but it was almost like being invisible and seen at the same time being seen for everything that I wasn't just as an object and that made me feel even more alone and so it was just this constant trying to fill the void and the only time I really felt seen and alive as maybe when I was like being sexually desired but there is something so confusing about wanting to be sexually desired but also feeling so wrong for having sex at the same time such an isolating feeling and the pain of the breakups I had a marriage fall apart after being cheated on and it devastated me I was living in a different country, and my whole world fell fell apart. And then again in LA, when you heard that video, I had a a relationship with this famous actor, and I thought, like, this is it, you know? Like, wow, I'm getting swept up into this Hollywood lifestyle, and then I just got dumped out of the blue. And I really just felt, like, broken, and there was no hope for me, and mentally ill, And so, here I am, you know, playing that for you because now, here I am. I found a relationship with an amazing guy who I almost sabotaged many, many times with my big emotions and he came to me one day and said he felt emotionally abused by me and instead of blowing up and doing what I always did, which is self-sabotage, I said, no, no more. I'm going to really figure out what's going on this time. I'm going to learn about my coping mechanisms. I'm going to learn how to reconnect with my feelings. I'm going to learn how to be 50% of this relationship that I'm in and recognize my own toxic patterns and stop just labeling everybody else as toxic and realizing that relationships and intimacy take work. And I want to be with someone who tells me the hard truths and i want to become someone who can take critical feedback and now i'm speaking to you from the other side as a different person than the girl you just heard in that video here to tell you that your personality is not disordered you're not broken you're not going to be alone forever that sometimes breakups are a really good thing and I'm so glad that I got broken up with. I'm so glad my marriage fell apart because if it didn't, I wouldn't be here now. I wouldn't be talking to you from this podcast. And now I have such a nuanced understanding and I did this all by myself. Yeah, I went to therapy for a few months, but it was through sheer will. I read books. I, I connected with other people and I believed in the power of change and growth. And I believe in you too. I believe in what we're capable of, of human beings, that we're all resilient, that we're all capable of growth and change. As long as we're willing to look ourselves squarely in the eye and figure out what can we change. Because there are some things we can't. We're living in a really scary time right now. We're living in a a hard world. And I can look at myself in the mirror and I recognize all the privileges I have. And I know there are listeners out there who have are up against so much more adversity than I am. You know, there are really awful, systemic issues that people are up against. But what I am here to help you with is what I can help you with. And so, now after this really emotional opening... Let's talk about some of this research that I found. So what I did, which is like my favorite thing in the world, is I wanted to go and do a deep dive on Reddit because I will tell you what, there's some really toxic shit on Reddit, but then there's also some amazing human beings out there sharing some real, real advice, things that have worked for them and That's what we're going to talk about today is this amazing stuff I found on Reddit and I always like to say I'll be your big BPD sister and go wading through Reddit so that you don't have to because when you're in a really bad place emotionally, I don't recommend you go on Reddit looking for advice. I can do it because I feel like I've spent long enough to where I can really spot the toxic crap and I know so many of you that listen to me are in a really tender space and so what I like to do is I'll filter out all the crap and I'll find the little Gems of gold and share them with you. And wow, I found some amazing stuff. And what I'm going to do is read it out to you and then I'll give my commentary along the way. And it's just going to be like, we're sitting here and we're healing together. And why I decided to open up and structure this podcast like this, I hope you'll just trust my judgment. I wanted to open up by sharing that reel that I did this week and why I want us to free ourselves from our labels. And then I wanted to play you some voices of other people that are going through the same thing as you in the beautiful voices of my listeners that were so vulnerable and sharing those voicemails. And then I wanted to play for you a really vulnerable point in my own life to show you how dark it even could get for me. And then where I am now as someone with my own podcast a year later starting to make income from this that's going to this is going to become my full-time job helping other people and I feel strong I know I'm never going to go back to that version of myself that you heard in that video of feeling completely lost and ungrounded and like I was disordered and something was wrong with me and like I didn't want to live anymore I'm never going back there I know life is going to get hard again and I don't know what the future will bring But humans can change. Your personality is not disordered. And if you're going through a breakup, it's horrible, but it can give birth to some of the most beautiful, transformative change. And if you're listening to this, you're a creative person. You're a dynamic person. You have beautiful, big feelings and big, beautiful feelings is what's inspired some of the most transformative work in this world. So whether you are an author, a person who likes to do artwork, whether maybe you're like me and you want to sit down in front of a a microphone and share, breakups give birth to that. They gave birth to this podcast. And so if that can't give you hope, I don't know what else can. (laughs) So without further ado, let's read the words from this first Redditor that I found. So in my research hole, what I searched was, you know, best tips for getting over breakups. And this first post that I found had like so many hundreds of thousands of upvotes. And after reading through it, I was like, yes. And I feel like so many of us don't have you know, that really good friend that can give you the hard fucking advice. And that's the specific stuff that I picked out of Reddit, because there was a lot of stuff like, don't worry, it'll get better. Go for a run. It's like, bitch, what? (laughs) So you're not going to be hearing any of that. Yeah, there will be if you like running, I will say even though I used to hate running, running now is something that like really does help me in terms of my emotion regulation. But Let's just read this post and I'll give you my reactions along the way. So it says, I'm the one my friends turn to when they're going through it in their relationships, especially breakups. Personally, every one of my exes has attempted to come back and 10 times harder than I ever cried at that. I have the receipts if needed. I've always been the one that's been dumped, but that's solely by choice. I figure if both parties, the dumper and the dumpy, are going to feel bad regardless post-breakup, I'd rather feel the pain without the guilt. It's selfish in a way, but there's also no pride in it either, so I think that it's a fair trade-off. Some things that have helped, and my friends as well, are as follows. One, you're going to miss them day one of the breakup, and you're also going to miss them day hundred day 365 or longer after the breakup, and likely every single day in between. Hopefully it doesn't take this long. Don't jeopardize any progress simply because you miss them. It isn't significant enough. These moments come in waves and they're fleeting. I've never cried for forever. Just accept them. Allow yourself to feel the moment and then let it pass. Respect your feelings it didn't just take a few days for the feelings to develop, nor will they go away in the same fashion. But it doesn't mean you have to completely submit to them. Over time, those moments will come few and further in between as long as you do the work. I really like this a lot because, especially the part where they said, I've never cried for forever. I really don't like it when people say, It gets better, or It's not that bad, don't worry, it'll pass. But saying I've never cried for forever is a lot more of a realistic, empathetic, and caring way to frame this. Because the fact of the matter is, even though we don't like to hear it in that time, the Molly that you heard in that voicemail, or the video I played, (laughs) if you would have told her, don't worry, it gets better, I would have like fucking punched you in the face, because that is the last thing I wanted to hear. But now being on the other side of it, there is an element of truth to that. We're not going to cry for forever. Look at look right now. I'm living proof of that, right? You know, it's been four years, and I'm on the other side of that wound, and it is long healed, and I'm okay now. And looking back on both of those people, the worst breakups I had, the failure of my marriage, and this guy, the actor that dumped me, you know, I I wish them both well, truly, I do. But I am. I recognize now that those relationships weren't the right relationships for me, and I'm in a better place since then. So it does get better. But what I love about what this person says is that you need to allow yourself to grieve and you need to recognize that it might feel good one day and then you're going to be devastated the next. You might feel good for a couple days and then you're going to feel shitty again, and it might take a year. But it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It just means that it's hard to get over these things. And so the next point that they go into is carrying on with what they're saying. Their second point says, embrace the grief process. I don't think there's anyone in the world that wakes up hoping for heartbreak. We, your ex included, are all in the same boat, open to love and hesitant because of the possibility of heartbreak that comes along with the risk. The difference between an individual that loves us as if they've never been hurt and an individual that never ever recovers is what they do with their time and energy. The beautiful part is you get to decide which person you are or who you'll be from this day on. Forgive yourself for the days you've messed up and for the days that you'll also mess up in the future. Either way, the process doesn't stop. Learn to love the process while others may be afraid of it. I love this part. I'm going to read this part again because I think it's so important. It said the difference between someone that loves like they've never been hurt and someone that never recovers is what they choose to do with their time and energy. You get to decide which person you are and who you'll be from this point on. It's true. Do you want to be the person that a breakup ruins their life? Do you want to be the person that lets someone else decide that your life is over? No. And I know if you're listening to this, you're stronger than that. And it will be. It's up to you to choose. You can decide from right now in this moment that you will not allow who you are, or who you're going to be be dictated by a breakup. Think about all of the human beings right now in this very second on planet Earth. Zoom out, pretend like you're a bird flying over the entire world right now, just circling above. I'm not insinuating that one bird can circulate the entire world. He's not like fucking Santa Claus, but just stick with me. Zoom all the way out and really... And that, no, just think about all the people that are going through a breakup right now in this very moment. Millions of people. Think about all the people in the world that are going to get over that. They're going to probably get broken up with four or five other times. And then they're going to find maybe the person that they spend part of their life with, most of their life with. One of my favorite podcasters, Dan Savage. If you don't listen to the Savage Love Cast, oh my god, you're missing out. He was one of he's an OG podcaster. He's been doing this for a long time. He's like this fabulous gay man who does like advice and he gives it to you hard and hard and rough. Wow, that sounds really sexual. <laughs> but like I say, he's a tough love kind of guy. And I love Dan. And he's very intelligent. But He talks about how like he he says something like nobody makes it out of a relationship alive, right? Like all relationships end, whether that means that some one of you is going to die or there's a breakup. And I know that kind of sounds like morbid, but when you think about it that way, it's like nothing is forever. Not a single relationship that you're ever going to have is forever. And the best possible thing you can do is start accepting that reality right now. And that's a hard reality, but I'd much rather live in the reality than in some fantasy land. So the next point that this person says is, You were once whole before this person came along, and you have the capacity to be whole once again afterwards if you allow it. Feelings aren't tangible. They can't be quantified. They're supposedly chemical, but I regard them as concepts. They are only as powerful as the energy behind them. You love your ex, but if you don't continue to put energy into that concept, eventually it will fade. And the same goes for any other feeling. With the same respect, if you put more energy into a concept, it will eventually become your new normal. Again, respect your feelings for what they are and were, but after that moment, let it go. Right? Again, this person is like giving us the hard facts. Because it's true. There was once a time where you didn't even know who the fuck this person you were dating was. And there will come a time, I promise you, where they kind of fade from your memory. My ex, who I married, by the way, like I'm a girl from small town Wyoming. I moved to London. I literally met this guy in London like a fairy tale. He was like this six foot three British guy with just gorgeous like mocha colored skin with beautiful blue eyes and had the most posh british accent and swept me off my feet and i literally was like haha fuck you suckers in wyoming i'm going to live my fantasy life with my british man and la la right moved over there built my whole life in london and three months after our wedding that guy cheated on me with a dental hygienist on tinder like when I tell you, and I found out about that, my entire world came crashing down. I not, not for a second thought that he would cheat on me, especially not three months after our wedding, after my family who are not rich, like made a wedding in Wyoming, everyone flew there from London and my fairy tale life just literally crumbled before my eyes. Okay, I remember laying in bed with this guy and I re- cause I remember distinctly like laying next to him one time and this is me when I was so and I was not a cakewalk to date date back then by the way like I was a nightmare I was completely lacking any sense of self-awareness we got married when I was like 23 and he was 25 we were not ready to get married we rushed into this I have compassion for both of us now looking back and it was right when tinder became invented and i can't even imagine how tempting that was he worked in finance and he was in like the most like misogynistic gross environment i have so much compassion for both of us now at this point but needless to say i remember distinctly laying next to him one night and being like imagining like wow, I'm going to be with this person forever and I would die if we weren't together. Like, I remember literally thinking that, like, I'm going to be with him forever and ever and ever and I really hope that, like, I die first because I don't want to know what it feels like to be without him. Like, do I literally remember having these thoughts, okay? And if you would have told me, Molly... One day, he's actually going to cheat on you three months after your wedding. You're going to be devastated. You're going to probably have a hoe phase that lasts about three years. You're going to use sex as self harm. You're going to become suicidal, get to bre- diagnosed with a mental health disorder, move to LA. Your manager is going to dump you. You're going to have a really probably shitty six fucking years, girl. And yeah, your life is not going to be what you think it is. But then you're going to meet this amazing guy named Saz. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would have had, but if you would have told me me. when I was sitting there in that bed literally planning my whole life and like our grave plots next to each other that girl that's not the way life is gonna go I would never have believed you and this person is saying you were once whole before this person came along and you have the capacity to be whole yet again I'm just telling you that if you are planning your matching gravestones next to this person, like there are other people out there and I know it might not feel like it. And if my story that I just told you doesn't convince you that I get where you're coming from, but my God, I am so happy everything happened now because I not only met Zaz, who is just like my partner in crime, but like I would not be the whole person that I am now and I can tell you if me and Zaz broke up I would be really sad but I would be okay now because I love myself and that's not to say that that is the last thing on earth that I want is to break up with Zaz I'm hoping that me and Zaz will be life partners forever I really do but I'm just telling you these feelings are not forever and there are other people out there even though you might not feel like it right now. Don't close yourself off. So this person's next point says bad energy is still energy. You can be angry at your ex or the situation but don't allow yourself to sit there. Anger is secondary. It's only re- the result of pain or fear. The anger might be be much easier to handle than fear or pain, but the sensation of finally moving on is fleeting. You have yet to deal with the core issue, hindering any true progress. Don't give them one more ounce of your energy, good or bad, than they truly deserve. So I really like this because I spent a lot of my time, wasted a lot of my time, rather, being angry and talk look at googling up narcissistic exes and all of this stuff when in reality i needed to focus on myself and identify what it was that i was doing all right everyone that is where we will have to fade out for today this episode is over two hours long and full so if you'd like to unlock the rest of this episode we go in-depth into a bunch of amazing posts I found on Reddit that contain a ton of great breakup advice and wisdom. So if you'd like to unlock the full episode, you can go into the description of this one and find the link to subscribe to my premium content. You can also find that link on my website at backfromtheborderline.com. So I'm looking forward to welcoming even more of you into the inner circle of my premium subscribers. And trust me, this full episode is not one that you'll want to miss. So when you become a premium subscriber, you'll be able to instantly listen to this full episode as well as hours and hours and hours of my other premium access content. So... I'm looking forward to welcoming you as a premium subscriber. But either way, I'm so grateful to have you as a listener and I hope you have the most amazing week. Hold up.